Please note, Sutter Health does not endorse or make specific recommendations for any of the outside resources mentioned in this message. These resources are meant to assist you in achieving a greater understanding of general health issues and are not intended to be a substitute for medical care. Please consult with your healthcare provider regarding any questions about your specific health concerns. The host, guests, and Sutter Health are not liable for any application of the information heard in No Referral Needed, a community podcast. Welcome to No Referral Needed, a PAMPF community podcast funded by the Sand Hill Foundation. This is your host, Claire Barkley. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in the Santa Cruz region of Sutter Health. Our producers are Colleen Tabata and Ryan Bautista. We hope you enjoy today's presentation. Hello, thank you for sharing your time with me today. We're joined today by Dr. Helen Egger, child psychiatrist and founder of Little Otter, an early childhood digital mental health company providing high quality, family-centered and accessible mental health care for children and their families. Talking with me today about back to school anxiety. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and back to school anxiety. Great, thank you so much for having me. Um, so as, as you mentioned, I'm a child psychiatrist and I actually specialize in caring for young children. So at Little Otter, we focus on children from birth to age 14. Um, and today we're talking about back to school anxiety, which all parents can relate to. And I, I think a big question is, when do we worry? How do we tell the difference between sort of um, typical, understandable anxiety and um, anxiety that might be a sign that there are more serious things going on. Um, so first of all, it's totally normal for children to have sort of back to school jitters, particularly if they're going to a new school or they're transitioning from elementary school to middle school. Um, you know, it's unfamiliar. And um, when things are unfamiliar, we can feel scared about them or nervous. Um, so it's typical for children to have some worries and fears when they start school. You can help children prepare for this transition by you know, visiting the school ahead of time. If you have a class list and know if there are gonna be any friends of the child in the class. And also you can make a plan for your goodbye in the morning, whether it's sort of a, a special hug that you do each time. Um, but you can do things to make sure the child is reassured that they are safe um, and that um, you are there for them when you, they get dropped off and you will be there when they come home. And so when should a parent worry? So we worry about school anxiety when First of all, it's lasting longer than the first few weeks of school, right? We expect children to make a transition. We commonly see that kids, maybe when they come home from school at the beginning of school, kind of fall apart because it's taking a lot of energy for them to, to be at school and follow directions. But if this anxiety and worry is lasting more than two or three weeks, then you really want to look more closely. So the things to look for are, is your child talking a lot about fears of school or um, worries about being at school? Are you seeing changes in their sleep or their eating? And number three, are they having headaches and tummy aches, um, particularly on school days? 
And is that something that's new? So those are things that you would want to look for. The other thing is, are the separations after, you know, a few weeks really difficult? Is your child clinging, crying, having difficulty separating? The thing to know is we can really treat childhood anxiety and, and school anxiety. So the sooner that your child gets help, the more um, effective we can be in getting the child transitioned into school. I do want to say that if your child is refusing to go to school, um, if you're not able to get that child to school, we actually consider that a pediatric mental health emergency. It's very important that that child and that family get help as soon as possible to help that child transition back into school. Because the longer we avoid something that we are scared of, it, it maybe makes you feel better in the short term, but really it makes the anxiety bigger and hard harder to overcome. Yes. Can you talk a little bit more about some strategies that may be helpful for parents um, to use when they do have a, a child who is school avoidant? So number one, I would say that parents need to check in with their own anxiety and manage their own anxiety because it is very upsetting if your child is afraid to go to school and is crying and expressing distress. So the first thing I think is parents really need to find ways to uh, maybe acknowledge their anxiety, but also do deep breathing, centering, and really tell themselves that it, this is okay, right? That, that this is a, a good thing for your child to go to school. So that's number one. I think number two for parents, it's very important to realize our job as parents is not to take away all of our child's anxiety and fear because that is part of growing and learning skills, right? Doing things that can seem scary. So our job is to support our children to be able to manage these transitions and these challenges. And part of that is being very matter of fact, um, being clear that you are confident that your child can do this and that they will um, have a good time at school. You also, as I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, there are ways to say, okay, we're gonna have our special hug now and um, then you're gonna walk into the school. And then the parent, I think, really has to have confidence in the school to be able to support your child um, in this transition. Now, I really want to emphasize something. Sometimes children have school anxiety or avoidance because they are actually having bad experiences at school or are being bullied. Definitely. So I would say that it's critically important not to dismiss your child's fears. You want to listen, you want to hear, but you, and if there are things going on, then you really need to go advocate for your child. But if you have confidence that the child is safe and it is a good environment for them, then we have to express to our child our confidence that they can do this. And we believe in them. We believe that the place they're going is safe. And then, um, you know, make that transition in a very um, matter-of-fact, clear way. Um, thank you. Is there anything else that you would recommend for families if they wanted to 
um, learn more about school refusal or school anxiety or how to advocate for your child within their school system to help them overcome these challenges. Yeah, so um, my company, Little Otter, has a free library of resources, and we have quite a bit of information at uh, littleotterhealth.com that you can um, access to get information about school refu refusal and, and anxiety, childhood anxiety in general, and some tips on how to manage that. Um, I think that this is an issue that's actually in the broader importance of parents understanding children's mental health needs. And this is an example of anxiety, but there are other mental health challenges that children face. And being able to recognize what are developmental changes that are um, temporary versus when our child is experiencing mental health challenges that could really benefit from um, mental health care, which again, is effective and helps children and helps families. Thank you. Um, I have one more question for you today. Um, can you talk about how parents can support a child who is anxious, however, not particularly about school, but going back to school when your child does have anxiety generally? Absolutely. So a child who is either sort of temperamentally anxious or is really managing more clinically significant anxiety, they are likely to have um, more challenges with transitions and partic particularly transitions to school. I know school has started for a lot of families already, but I think that familiarity is something that can really help an anxious child. So going to the school before school starts and playing on the playground or having the opportunity to look at the classroom. It takes away that kind of mystery of it and is very, very specific. So I think that is something that can be very helpful. If you can meet the teacher ahead of time, that also is tremendously helpful. I think having a structured plan about what the morning is going to be like, because I think having a calm morning going into school really helps. So I think packing the backpack and choosing the clothes the night before and maybe choosing what's going to be for lunch and really having clarity about what's going to happen. I think children who are anxious really thrive on that kind of structure. So I think that's um, something. And then again, and I'm speaking as a parent of four kids, that some of it is managing our own anxiety and, and again, having confidence and giving our children the message that we believe that they can do this and that we have confidence in them. Yes, I definitely um, agree that being able to uh, co-regulate, right, keep yourself calm, yes. um, does so much to reassure your child um, rather than reassuring them repeatedly because that does uh, tend to, to perpetuate the anxiety. If Well, right. I mean, part of that is if you express fear and are reassuring your child sort of in a false way, the child can think, wow, this must be a scary place. Mom is scared, so I should be scared. So I think there is a modeling um, and, as you said, co-regulating, helping your child regulate their anxiety 
by being able to regulate your own anxiety is very important. Um, do you have a, a quick example of a very pediatric-friendly um, anxiety management tool, tip, or trick? Well, I think that um, really the beginning of care for anxiety involves relaxation and regulation um, tools. So being able to do relaxing breathing. We have um, one um, tip that's called starfish breathing and you have your child start at the thumb and move their finger up and they and they take in a breath and then when they reach the tip of the thumb and go down the other side, they let the breath go. And so, and then you do that across the whole hand. And so that's an example of how, if we can um, regulate our breathing in this calm, deep breath way, that actually helps to quiet um, anxiety. Great. I think that's a, a fantastic tip. And since children and parents have their hands with them wherever that's they go. Right. That's right. That's um, exactly. You can do it. You can do it at any time and you can do it together. And that I think is um something that really, as you mentioned around co-regulation, let's do this together, not go do your starfish breathing, but let's do starfish breathing together is a great way to help an anxious child. Great, thank you so much, Dr. Egger. Could you please repeat the, um, the website for Little Otter for our listeners if they didn't catch it the first time? Absolutely. I think a lot of people would be interested yeah. in that role, um, the resource library. Absolutely, so it's littleotterhealth.com. And um, you know, in California, we provide uh, mental health care therapy and um, psychiatric care to children from birth to age 14, as well as mental health care to parents and support for parenting um, and the important relationships in the family. Great. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much to our guest this week, and I hope you will join us again soon for another episode of No Referral Needed.